Good morning and welcome back. I feel like I have not been with all of you for a couple of weeks. Uh, we showed a couple of tape shows over the last couple of weeks, but it is good to be back live. Uh, good morning. Welcome to JA's Recipe for Success. I'm your host, Lori Salarulo, uh, the President and CEO of Junior Achievement of South Florida. You know, we started the show uh, so that we could feature entrepreneurs, business leaders, community leaders, and really learn the secret ingredients, right, to their success. What makes up their recipe? Uh, and so I hope that you have enjoyed uh, really learning about some of our past guests. Uh, we also do this so that all of our students have an opportunity to be inspired and motivated by these leaders. I know I have. And so I hope that for all of you, it has done the same. If you've missed any of our past episodes, you can absolutely go back and check them out on our website, jasouthflorida.org. You know, sometimes uh, we feature different uh, special months, Entrepreneurship Month, Financial Literacy Month, Black American Month, right? Women's, right? Women's Month. We did some special shows for all of those months. Well, this is not a special month, but we are always always intrigued and inspired to have entrepreneurs uh, with us. And so today's guest absolutely will not disappoint. He is on, I think he called it his second act. I don't know, reading his bio, I would think maybe it's his third, um, but has transitioned and reinvented himself uh, as an entrepreneur, a business attorney, a strategist, and a minister. So lots of different uh, aspects and lots of different sides to the prism of Mr. Wayne Gill from Sharon Gill uh, uh, International. And so I want to welcome you this morning, Mr. Gill. Hey, thank you, Lori. So good to be on your show. Awesome to be with the Junior Achievement family. Ah, uh, well, you are part of our family. Um, as a matter of fact, uh, you know, you have spoken with our kids, yes. you've been involved uh, with us, and we so appreciate that. Uh, you bringing your wisdom and your experience, right, to our young people, so important. Um, and if nothing else, if we can encourage everyone to do that, right, because we have to invest in the future. And I know you believe in that. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Love what you guys do. Yeah. So I want our guests to hear a little bit about your story because, right, it has been a journey with different paths that you've taken. Um, yeah. You know, one path has led you to another. And so I, I always love that. I mean, I think we all have a, that kind of a story. Um, talk a little bit about the beginning, right? How did yeah. you start out? Uh, and then kind of a little bit, you know, a story or so that got you to that that turning point or that transition. Yeah, and feel free to uh, uh, jump in at any point, Lori, because um, as a, a lawyer and a, a minister, you know, uh, we can go on and on. So <laughs> but I'll try to keep it <laughs> Yeah, feel free to cut me off at any point. But uh, my, my story really begins um, with my grandparents. My grandparents were uh, merchants, they were business people, and um, they ran several businesses, one main business being a, a small market in, in their hometown. And from there, they did other things that served the community as well. And they were like pillars in that community. And I grew up as a little boy watching them work, watching them connect with people, watching them build their businesses and also serving at the same time and having a big heart for the community. And that had a tremendous impact on me. 
In fact, when I was probably around five years old, my granddad used to take me around at, to do some of his chores and to meet with some of his vendors and whatnot. And I remember one time we went to go uh, to a business meeting and I was just tailing along with him and uh, we got back to his car and I was just like, you know, yapping away at the mouth. And he turns to me, he says, you know, you have an opinion about everything. You know, I think you ought to become my lawyer. And at that point, I was maybe five years old. I had no clue what being a lawyer meant, but I was like, okay, that's going to take your challenge. And I decided in that moment that I was going to become my, my granddad's lawyer. And um, that started, that was the seed that was planted in my heart about becoming a lawyer. And so over time, I kind of watched my grandparents, um, watched their business practices, and I loved the business side of it. But that, that germ that was put inside me to become the lawyer never left. And so, interestingly enough, throughout my uh, you know path as a young person coming up, you know, for a minute there, I wanted to be the right fielder for the New York Yankees, but that didn't work out. So um, the law thing never, never ever left me. But I, I'm not shocked that after going through many different things, which I really recommend for you, uh, your students, to try different things because I think that was one of the, the one of the secret ingredients to my success was I was a person who was. Um, unafraid to try different things. So I tried things to eliminate what I liked and what I didn't like. And even within the world of law, um, coming up as a student, I interned, I did different things to test out different areas of the law to see what I would uh, really like. And uh, it was no shock to me that at the end I became a business lawyer, right? So it was putting together kind of that what was planted in me and also my love of business. And so um, that's kind of how I got out the gates and, and, and got started. And um, eventually went to law school, graduated, came to Palm Beach County and began working for um, a, a large uh, law firm there in, in uh, Palm Beach. And that's where I began my my legal career. Well, and so I love that because really, you know, when I listen to the story of your grandparents, I think that, you know, sometimes we we are fortunate and some of our children are fortunate to have families right with mentors yes examples like your grandparents and some are not right yes. and so i think that is one of the things that i love uh, about our business right junior achievement and what we do mm. um and now i know what what you're doing too some of what you're doing if if kids don't have those mentors right how do we introduce them? How do we expose them? How do we fill their hearts, as you said, right? Yes. And plant those seeds. And so having mentors, whether it's family, friends, right? Through organizations like JA or Handy or, or Boys and Girls Club or wherever, um, so, so important to our development um, as young people, I think. And so that's, that's really critical, I think, what you just talked about. Um, yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, and I know. So, so you went to a law firm, but mm -hmm. there was that other part of what you saw with your grandparents, which was yeah. that entrepreneurial spirit. Yes. And so, um, as you said, and then of course the community spirit, which we'll get to yes. as well. But talk a little bit about because then I think from going to being in a law firm, you actually then went to start your own law firm. Am I correct? You're correct. Exactly. And I think that's a huge point to hit on, Lori, and I, and I, and I always do, because that thing of self-awareness is really important. And a lot of times, whether in the family or in society or wherever, 
even sometimes teachers do this. Um, and I love teachers and what they stand for and what they do. But we have to be careful that we don't try and, you know, make our students into something that they're not or push them into a direction because that's what we'd like. You know, it, it's far better when we can spot up and look for that that genius or that that thing, that desire that's in them and then help them to bring that out. And so, again, <laughs> with myself, I, I wasn't shocked that after a while, after being with the big firm, which was a great firm, a great opportunity. had I had great mentors there and, and a wonderful experience. But inside of me was that that seed had already been planted of also the entrepreneurial spirit. And it's kind of interesting. I remember I was having this conversation when I was still at that firm with one of the um, partners. He wasn't a partner at the time, but he was on that track. And we were just chit-chatting, like after work, uh, you know, one evening sitting around and, and talking about the day and cases and whatnot. And um, I remember him, him saying, man, I just love it here. You know, this is just a great place. We have all the resources. We have all the staff. If I need something done, it gets done. We have a network. And, you know, I could never go out there like some guys and hang a shingle and work for myself. I, I, I would hate it. You know, it's just not for me. And at that time... You know, I just got to say, yeah, I see what you're saying. I mean, I see, you know, there's this is a, a great firm and there's so much resources and, and, and so forth here. But I knew in my heart, even then, I was like, hmm, you know, I'm, I'm, I feel a little differently about that. Like, I know in my heart, I, I am that guy that will probably go and hang a shingle one day like that. To me, that's an exciting vision. Right. To him, it was not. You know, and so I think that's the key. No one, he wasn't right and I'm wrong or I, I was right because I'm an entrepreneur and he's wrong because he was a company guy. I think you just need to know who you are, right? And our mentors and our, our families and those people around us need to give us the space, right, to be who we are. And so eventually after a few years, I did go and hang that shingle. And we remained friends and he referred me cases and he helped me and he was a mentor um, um, anyway, even on, on, as I was on the outside of the firm, but that's because I was able to be true to myself. So I, I just want to encourage your audience at whatever age that, even if you're my age, I'm in my mid fifties at this point, but whatever age you're at, you know, it's, it's never too late to be true to yourself. Yeah, no, I can't, I can't agree with you more. And I, and I love that. You know, I think sometimes you're right. And I think, you know, I'm not sure why, but it seems like I, I remember when I went to school, I was not asked in middle school to figure out what I wanted to be. I had no clue. I didn't have a clue when I was in college what I wanted to be. <laughs> right. I, I knew what I loved doing through working and through experiences that I had. I knew, as you said myself, I knew what I loved, what made me tick, but I had no idea of, of what those opportunities were, right? That I could use those skills and, and use my passion. And I think sometimes we are looking to, to fit, as you said, our students, our young people into things that yeah. um, we think instead of just giving them opportunities to, to be exposed to all different things, giving them the opportunity to do things Right, work on projects. Um, you know, experience have experiences where they can say, "Oh, that really excited me." Oh, that I didn't like that at all. Right, 
because then they will begin to form, as you said, those things that they'll begin to know who they are and what's important to them, right? And what makes them motivated and excited. So, and that's what I love about junior achievement. We get to do that, right? Those students who had no idea what, oh, they all talk about, oh, I want to be my own boss. I want to be a CEO. They have no idea. Yeah. But then they go through eight months of the fellows program and they build a real company. Well, at the end of that, you know what, Wayne? Some of them are like your partner and they go, hell no, I don't ever want to start a business. And others are just like, wow, this is what I want to do. I want to be in business. I want to do this. So I love, love, love what you're saying. So, you know, you talked also um, about that ministry side, the community side yes. that you saw from your grandfather, right? Yeah. And so that community side, um, giving back, right? Yeah. Lifting people up, those kinds of things, I obviously were also in your heart. I love the many facets of your, right? I think about a prism and you just have so many different facets to you. Um, and so we've talked about lawyer, we've talked about entrepreneur. Let's talk a little bit about that community-minded, right? Community-spirited uh, gentleman. Yeah, um, that was the other part of uh, my grandparents' legacy too, you know, that they planted in my heart. They were also just great community people. You know, as I said, they ran the, the central market in our town and I saw, they, they and you know, I, I, I don't know if they ever sat me down and said, well, this is how you do community, right? But I could observe even as, you know, a five-year-old, six-year-old, seven-year-old young man coming up, how they dealt with the community. And I knew there were families that were hurting and they would give food or they would put it on credit or they would just take people in. Um, they always had someone who um, was either some kind of intern or apprentice or someone who they just took in to help out. Um, they just had that community spirit and, and, and that really rubbed off on me. And, and I'm not surprised that later on as I had the opportunity after I launched my business and I grew to become a man and kind of figure out what direction I'm going in. And my wife had a similar heart that we eventually started a community ministry as well, which was the Oasis Compassion Agency, which was formed really to be on the hands and feet of God in the community. Because what happens is sometimes within the walls of the church, we talk about God and we pray to God and, and it's lovely and it's beautiful and we minister to each other. But um, the ministry really is outside the walls of the church, right? The ministry is across the street by your neighbor who's hurting or at the school or down at the police station or just in the community. And we wanted that opportunity to demonstrate the love of God, to tell people, but also to show it by helping them to put food on their on their table if that's what they needed, put a, put a, sh a shirt on their back if that's what they needed, um, teach them skills um, so that they, they'd be able to get uh, work and provide for themselves. It was really the adage of um, if you give a person a fish, maybe they'll be hungry tomorrow, but if we can come alongside you and teach you how to fish, then you could also be self-sufficient because we found that some of the people who were coming were uh, for example, women who may have been in a, a, a long-term marriage that ended in some way and perhaps uh, that person was a homemaker and didn't have an opportunity to learn particular skills. So we would come alongside and teach skills to help that person to be able to be employable and to be able to provide. And so 
that, that was the, that was part of the manifestation of the 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 our our, our love for the community. Uh, I love it. You know that is just exactly what we do, and 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 I think so important. You mentioned a couple of words that I absolutely want to go back to. I don't want to lose them. But yeah. before we do, we're going to let that simmer, and then. We're going to go to a quick break, show a little video, and then we'll be back to talk about those couple of things that you, couple of buzzwords I heard in there. <laughs> awesome. You know, um, typically we show a video uh, about our students and stuff, but this month uh, and over, over all of June, uh, we really wanted to say thank you uh, to our teachers. And so that's why today uh, we use that video, that little tribute. Um, we, you know, there'll be billboards and, and publications. Junior Achievement has worked so closely with our teachers. They've had a tough year, right? We've all had a tough year. But yes have done so much to, to mentor, as you said, to teach, uh, to invest in our young people and try to help them get through this year. And so we just want to say thank you and applaud them. Um, and for anybody who wants to leave a message for their teacher, uh, they can go to our website at jsouthflorida.org slash teachers. And so, um, and I think they are doing something that you mentioned. You mentioned the word legacy. Yeah. You talked about your grandparents leaving a legacy. I listen to you and your path and your work. You are leaving a legacy, right? Let's talk a little bit about that. You know, it's funny because I was kidding. I was I was putting put pictures on LinkedIn about my messy closet and my messy garage. And I just, you know what? My hope is that, you know, that my closet was clean won't be my legacy, right? <laughs> that, that my legacy will be that I used my time Right, to spend it with my family, uh, to take care of my family, to spend it with friends, right, to do the work that I love, right, all of those things. Yes, my tombstone isn't going to say my closets were clean, so you know what? <laughs> That's right. Um, what is your right? What is your legacy? Right, you talked about your parents' legacy. You know, mm -hmm. what's Wayne's legacy? What do you hope that when, when, because we'll, we'll all be gone someday, what do you hope that you will have left behind? Yeah, you know, it's uh, interesting. In, in the book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, um, Stephen Covey talks about this principle of beginning with the end in mind. And I read that book several decades ago. I just love books. We're talking about teachers and students and so forth. And I just think there's so much wisdom to be found in books. And he raised that, that 
that um, principle of beginning with the end in mind. And he talked about imagining yourself, and anyone could do this. That's what's lovely. Whether you're a child or, again, you're my age or older, anyone could do this. So imagine yourself, you're at a funeral and you come to the funeral home. You walk in and everyone's seated and you go down the middle of the aisle at the funeral home and there's the casket. And when you walk up to the casket, you look in the casket and it's you, it's actually your funeral, right? Mm -hmm. What are the people saying? Right. And so whatever you would want them to say, you need to be that now. So if you want that, if you want your legacy to be, well, there lies Wayne Gill. He truly loved people. Well, you got to start loving people now, mm. right? There lies Wayne Gill. He really helped students become all that they could be. Well, you better start helping at least one student right now. So whatever it is that you want to be said of you, whatever you want that legacy to be, you got to start doing it right now. And I'm thankful that that principle in, in different ways, as I said, transmitted from my, my grandparents and e even teachers I've had and mentors I've had um, was planted in me early. But I understood that, that what I do today is what's going to make my legacy. And so the moment we went on our own as our, our own business and was able to kind of direct what we were doing, we began investing right away in the community before there was an oasis, you know, 10 years before oasis, or even before that, my wife and I had decided to put together a scholarship to help African-American and other disadvantaged um, kids in elementary school. And we began giving money and also helping those students come to our law firm and intern and um, help them with references and help them go to their next level. And uh, at, at one point we even formed a mission church in the community. And at that mission church, it was interesting because most of the people who came were all middle school and high school students. And so we had years of investing in those kids' lives. We're still investing in their lives now. They're grown young men and women uh, out of college and onto their, their, their next pursuits. But all of that began years ago. And so I would just encourage anyone listening. Sometimes when we see a Lori Salarulo or Wayne Gill, we're like intimidated, like, oh, look at these people. They're doing so much and they're so engaged and they're trying to leave a legacy. And, and, and we may be intimidated by that, right? But I would say whoever you are, don't look at Wayne Gill or Lori Salarulo or the other person. It just takes one thing. It takes one person that you can um, affect. It takes one act of kindness to start. Um, the Bible says, don't despise the day of small things, right? And we tend to really sometimes look down on small things and we think of the big thing, the huge thing. But if you just would begin small, that's how the legacy begins. And you could start right now, right here today. There's so many needs. There's so many places um, that you can donate. And, and when I say donate, I don't mean just money, but donate your time, donate your expertise, your skills, um, to to uh, help your community. That was one of the beautiful things about Oasis. We had people doing all of that. They donated money, but they donated skills. They donated equipment. They donated clothing. They donated food. They donated their time. They donated whatever they had to make the community a better place for all of us. And so that would be my my take on that. 
your legacy starts now and it starts small. Don't don't wait. Uh, oh, I love that. Your legacy starts now. I love it. Love it. I always, you know, I love because in every in every show, there's something right that someone says, a one-liner that I always uh, walk away with, right? And today, uh, that is the line, obviously, that I'm going to walk away with. Um, you know, there's so many ingredients that that are here in in here that we've already talked about. And, and you're doing now today, I want you to talk if you could for, for a minute or so about sure. the work that you're doing at Sharon Gill International that you yes. and Sharon are doing. Yes. You know, specifically, tell us a little bit more about what you're doing. I believe it's around coaching and mentoring and, and yes. all of the growing leaders, right? Which yes. is what we're doing. I, I think you're doing it more with adults. I yes. may be wrong. Share a little bit about that work. Yeah, you're right on on point, Lori. Again, you know, it's it's interesting how, you know, your life leaves clues. And so all along I was saying, you know, my grandfather spoke into my life. So, you know, I wasn't surprised that I went in the route that I went. And then when I went that route, I wasn't surprised, you know, that other things happen. And um, at Sharon Gill International, we are helping uh, to create the next generation of leaders. We believe we want to raise up leaders for the 21st century, which may look a little different than leaders of the past, you know, the, the real bedrock principles don't change that much, but we have really challenging times right now. And so we're trying to raise up leaders who are empathetic, who are um, not top down, who want to also change the community, who want to use their resources, want to use their influence to really make uh, a, a difference in the community, not to just make a commercial, you know, or not just to say, you know, we support this, but that are actually um, invigorating their staff and, and the people who they influence to make a change. And so we are uh, attempting to raise up that uh, next level of leaders. And we're also working with purpose-centered organizations, whether in the nonprofit space, like a, a junior achievement, or businesses who, whose owners and whose principals have a purpose-centered purpose heart. They want to do something merely beyond the bottom line. Sure, it's a business, and a business is defined as, as an organization or an organism that makes profit. So we understand that we have to make profit, but where profit is not the only thing or the central thing, where with that profit, they are looking to make a difference. And so we have clients in many different industries. Some of them are in the uh, mental health space. Some of them are trying to solve problems like drug addiction. Some of them are in the e-gaming space, which is becoming bigger and bigger, and particularly yeah. The teachers and students are trying to figure out, you know, how do we redeem this space and not look at it as like, this is just one huge distraction for kids, but how can we um, uh, deepen the educational experience and, um, and, and translate that well? And so we're working with companies like that. So we're really just kind of translating what we've been doing in, um, in, in the Oasis realm, which was a brick and mortar uh, business of we're going to give you food and we're going to put clothes on your back and we're going to give you the job training and so forth to more of an online coaching experience where we are raising up leaders and enabling these purpose-centered owners and businesses to really follow that mission-driven heart to really make a difference in the community. And so it's our passion. We, we love doing it. We love the people we're working with. We love our clients and 
you know, again, this being the second act or maybe the third, um, we're just looking for, you know, what, what, uh, what the future has for us on this path. Yeah. Sounds like a third or fourth to me, but um, <laughs> yeah. You, you yeah. You mentioned something. You said uh, leaders of the future. Yes. You, know, you could name two or three traits, right? Skills that you think leaders of the future, because I agree with you. I think, you know, my days of coming up in management are so yeah. different than what they are today. And often it's so interesting. I hear business leaders say, oh, these young people and they, you know, but, and I'm, you know, I'm kind of like, you want to change their mindset, but the truth is, right, they are who they are, just like we were, right? Back then, we learned to do things a certain way. They've grown up to understand and, and to be uh, do things in a different way. Maybe we need to change our mindset, right, and understand that, you know, things are not the way they were before and that we can't lead that way. So what's one or, two, you know, mention a couple of really important things because I'm always intrigued by that, right? Yeah. Well, well, it's interesting. Sharon and I run a page on LinkedIn called Purpose Centered Leadership. So you can go over there and, and check it out. We post a lot of content around that very topic, how to lead with purpose, how to lead your business, lead your organization, lead your life with purpose. And in the past um, couple of days or so, I've been posting a series which gets right to what you're asking uh, about these traits. What would be the top traits? One of the ones I would say, which maybe particularly as a young person, you wouldn't think of it and it's humility, right? So we tend to think of humility as being sort of like a weakness, like, well, you're humble. And so you just kind of bow and let people walk over you and, and so forth. But what's been discovered in the leadership research is that some of the best leaders of all time in business and in social enterprises and so forth in education are the most humble leaders because humility is really not being a doormat humility is having the ability to listen to other people hear other viewpoints take in other um other people's input and to be able to um use it and and respect it and to make the the whole greater than the one leader and i think Typically, that's what we see, right? That there's a leader and it's about them. It's about that leader and it's they're charismatic and they're bold and they do this and they do that. But the humble leader is the one who will bring in all perspectives and will be able to um, benefit from the, the ability of everyone to be able to share. Because the, the truth of the matter is you can learn from everyone, right? It's not just the CEO. It's the person who comes to maybe clean up the office that you can learn from as well. We've all got something to share. And so I would say that ability, right, to, to be humble and to listen and to hear and to take in the viewpoints of other people, um, that would be one. And, 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 and one that really doesn't change really is the whole issue of having the, the, the character of a leader, which is a, a, a authenticity, integrity, truthfulness, right? And we, we spoke about the authenticity piece a little bit earlier, like sort of being authentic, not trying to be something else or putting, having one face over here and then having a different face to the public, but really being in, integrated, right? That's integrity, being whole, being the same everywhere, right? 
And I think that's really needed in, in our leadership um, these days because we see some of that, that there's one thing that gets said maybe in the, in the boardroom and something else gets said out in the public. We need to bring those things um, into integrity. Yeah, so, so important. One of our viewers, Ralph Campbell, who's a good friend of mine, says maybe we need to change our mindsets as adults, right? And that's exactly what I yes. was getting at before. Um, so thank you, Ralph, for that comment. Um, and that's exactly hey, what I'm saying. Yeah, we, we need to... We need to open our minds, right, to new ways and different ways of doing things, to allowing yes. others to have input, right, have allowing them to be creative, empowering them. Um, yes. So I think so often we think we know the way, right? And by the way, I've had to learn these things myself. Yes. Um, and I'd like to, I'd like to say that because I've been open to changing my mindset, that it's made me a better leader, right, yes. and a better person. Not perfect. Yes. Never will I be perfect, but it has certainly made me a better person and a better leader by being open to to the new ways, right, of of working with people. And, you know, I remember when I was back then, I remember feeling the same way. Like, I never have a seat at the table. I never have a voice. Yeah. I'm told what needs to be done, right? Even when I yes. was managing teams, my boss would say to me, here's the project. You got to do it and you got to do it this way. And I'd be like, well, maybe that's not the best way. Maybe me and my team can do it a different way as long as we get to the same result. And so I think changing our mindsets, I agree with you. And all of those things you talked about are so important. I'm going to read back some of your ingredients because they are just amazing. And then I'm going <laughs> to ask you for your main ingredient, which might be in this mix, or it might be something different. So you talked about having examples, right? People who plant those seeds, so important in your life. You talked about trying different things, not to be afraid to try new yes. things, figuring out what you like and what you don't like. Who are you? Right. And, and figuring out who you are, that self-awareness that you talked about, knowing your vision and knowing who you are and being true to yourself. Talked a lot about that, that community minded piece, giving back. Uh, investing in others. You talked a lot about that, Wayne. Um, and I love that. I think it's so important. And you didn't say this word, but you obviously referenced uh, scripture and, and all of that talked about your ministry, faith, right? Very important. Your faith, your belief. Um, uh, so, so important for us. Uh, reading and learning and growing, right? And, and building your knowledge based on your wisdom you talked about. Um, thinking about, I love this, thinking about your legacy, right? Starts now and living your legacy starts now. Um, yeah. So figuring out what you want those people at the funeral to say, uh, living it now, like you said, um, take, you know, as you said, taking small steps. You know, I laugh because I look at, I looked at my closet and garage and I went, oh my gosh, this is overwhelming. And, you know, I just said, okay, I need to break it down one section at a time. Yeah, that's and, right. And so taking those small steps, right, having those small successes and wins will lead you to the bigger win, right, and the bigger vision that you're looking to accomplish. You talked about life leaving clues and following those clues, listening to the clues, leading with purpose. You talked a lot about that, humility, authenticity. Um, so, I mean, uh, amazing. It is no wonder that you are uh, the success and that you have had the impact on people's lives that you have had. Um, 
So of all of those things, or maybe something you did not mention, what is Wayne Gill's main ingredient to success? I would say you, you mentioned it several times because I guess I mentioned it several times and it would be authenticity. Mm. To thyself be true, you know, be you. There's only one you, you know, the Bible says we're fearfully and wonderfully made, uniquely made. There'll never be another you. And so you're the best at you. And it, it breaks my heart sometimes when I see so many people trying to be someone else, right? And they're already taken. There's, a, there's only one you. And so that's the thing. However imperfectly you do it or however imperfectly the road may be that gets you there, I think that's the goal, just to be authentically you, to bring your gifts, your talents, your contribution out of you, um, out of your head, you know, um, out of a book, out of wherever it is and, and, and into the world where it can actually change lives and, and make a difference. And so that's, I think that's my secret sauce. I'm always speaking really hard to just, to, to be me, to be my authentic self, to complete the, 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 the mission that I feel that, that God is saying to me um, in that, in, in that uh, moment or in that time or in that period. And another thing I'd say about that, too, though, is to know that 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 can change, that we're not just pinned down to be one thing um, in any given season that, you know, as long as you keep listening, you can follow those clues and you can change. And it does change over time. But ultimately, though, it needs to be authentically you. Oh, I love it. You know, I just posted on uh, when I was posting about the closet stuff and, and there was a quote that by Kerry Washington, who I love from from that series, Scandal. Sure. Uh, I don't have to be perfect. All I have to do is show up and enjoy the messy, imperfect and beautiful journey of my life. And that's what it sounds yeah. like you're doing. Exactly. Uh, so, <laughs> I, I love it. Not Thank a straight you. line for sure, but but it's fun. Right? That is for sure. <laughs> Thank you for showing up this morning. Thank you for showing up in so many people's lives, right? It is just truly, I'm so glad. You know, on one hand, I love social media because I met someone like you um, and made, you know, have made some wonderful connections and friends and people that I know that I could pick up the phone, right? Or or uh, nowadays, virtual phone. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, and just talk to um, and get advice and, and guidance and all of that. So thank you uh, for that. Thank you for your friendship. Um, and the opportunity to, to get to know you better this morning. Thank you so much as well. It's been amazing uh, being on the show and just uh, keep doing what you're doing. You're right. The children are our future. So we invest today and tomorrow. I love that. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Mr. Gillen. Thank you to all of you who are watching. We so appreciate you. Um, join us on next Thursday for our next episode of JA's Recipe for Sex. Set. Ooh, recipe for success. I think that came out wrong, didn't it? Um, anyway, let's get cooking. That's that, in, that's that imperfect part again, right? That's that imperfect part. Yeah, but that was a fun, that was a fun blooper. Anyway, have a great day, everyone. Let's get cooking. Thank you again. Thank you again, Wayne. All right. God bless. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye.